Sienna Marabella, and you're listening to the Honey Soleil podcast, bringing you all things wellness for your mind, body, and soul. Hey guys, happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a minute. If you don't know where I've been, I updated you guys on my Instagrams, the podcast Instagram and my main one, but I was in the hospital for um, a better half of a week because I had a kidney infection and it was actually really severe because I had had a UTI for like two months and I went through two rounds of antibiotics, but that didn't treat it. So I was then, you know, needing to be hospitalized. So I went to the ER and they were like, you have a kidney infection, but you can't leave because you need IV antibiotics. So ignore my cat if you can hear her. She wants attention, but don't we all? Anyways, so I'm out of the hospital, but I was unable to record any interviews, record any podcast episodes. It was very overwhelming for me because I don't like missing content. It just, it's it's making me nervous, but I'm back and new episodes every Tuesday as per usual. But I hope you guys are staying safe and really utilizing your time during this self-isolation. I know it's a very weird and anxious time for a lot of people. I, for one, am very overwhelmed, frustrated, nervous, and just really scared about this current situation because not only for people's health, because, you know, obviously a lot of people are dying, they're being hospitalized, it's it's really tragic, but also we're kind of, I feel like going through a recession almost. It's like the Great Depression again, and that really takes a toll on a lot of businesses, a lot of small businesses, um, everything like that. Even my own job, I think, is a bit of a scary time because uh, a lot of people are getting laid off. So there's less money in budgets for advertisement. Not a lot of people really have the need for advertisement because everybody's kind of just taking a hit with their businesses. So I think I'm very nervous about that for my own career, but I also am nervous for everybody else's jobs. And I also feel so terrible for the people that are still having to work, like nurses and sanitation department, all of those kinds of people. They're putting their health on the line and doing what they have to do, and I respect it so much. But that's just kind of my spiel on this because I've been very anxious about this lately for not only myself, but everyone. And I know this time is very weird, so... I'm here to just kind of distract you guys and entertain you guys as much as I can because I know that we're all stuck at home together. So why not give you some content to listen to, to watch, to read? So yeah, let's uh, let's get into what today's episode is about. Today's episode, I'm interviewing Dr. Mona Vand. She is amazing. She went to med school to become a pharmacist and now she is out here being a wellness guru through all her platforms. She is so well-educated on honestly everything. So I was so thrilled that I got the opportunity to interview her. And I think this episode is really, really informative because we dive so deep into diet and what is good for boosting your mood, how to build your immunity, and even food for uh, skincare to make your complexion better, and just how to transition to a healthy lifestyle and make it stick and not have it just be a phase. So I think this episode is super informative and I hope you guys really like it. I had a lot of fun talking to her and I just can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. So let's get into it. Hi, Mona. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I mean, what a good time to be doing a podcast, right? I know. Honestly, we have the time for it. Exactly. (laughs) Right? 
So before we jump into any of the questions, I just want you to kind of tell the audience a little bit about yourself. So where you grew up, what you currently do, and how you got to where you are now. Sure. I mean, should I make this into a, like a, obviously a quick version? Um, I mean, as long as you want. I grew up uh, between upstate New York and LA. My parents divorced when I was like two and a half, three. And my dad and brother moved to LA and me and my mom stayed in like a small town in upstate New York. Um, We lived one year in Iran and then I was here. So I kind of grew up going to LA for like Christmases and whatever and summer break to see my dad and brother where that I'd be in New York. So um, even when I moved to LA, it kind of always felt like home to me, but Mm -hmm. um. I went to college in Boston. I went to pharmacy school. So it was a six year doctorate program. Um, didn't oh, wow. know what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what <laughs> it was a long time. I mean, it's usually eight, but if you do this program, you kind of cut down undergrad mm-hmm. into two years. So thank God. Oh, wow. Um, which is actually why I even went to Boston. I knew I wanted to live in LA, but their programs were like seven years at USC or like eight mm-hmm. years. And I was like, no. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing that. Um, loved what I was learning, was like ready to go start my life, moved to LA right after and then started working and literally hated my life. Like I hated working Mm. at a pharmacy and kind of, I just, uh, I've shared this story a lot. I don't know if anyone listening to this has followed my story, but, um, basically the first day I had like a freak out moment where I was like, I can't do this the rest of my life. And oh my God. And I'm like, I just finished six years of school and I have like hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans. Like what am I supposed Mm -hmm. to do? So from then for the next like four years, it was kind of like job hopping. Like I would work at an independent pharmacy and I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is going to be it. And then just like still wasn't fulfilled. And one of my, the way I kind of got into my career, I actually in high school wanted to be a news anchor. (laughs) That was my my dream job. But my parents were like, you are not studying communications. Persian parents are all immigrant (laughs) parents are are pretty strict Mm -hmm. on the education. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. they were like, no. So one of my very first friends in LA happened to be a news anchor and she was like, Oh my God, you should be like the extra that comes on. Um, you know, when we like for cough and cold or like flu season and that's when Dr. Oz was like really big at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, Oh my God, I could be like a cooler version of Dr. Oz. No offense, Dr. Oz. You know what I mean? My mom like watch. (laughs) And that was like my big career goal. I was like, that's what I want to do. So Mm-hmm. I was like, I've, I'm going to build a website. So then when I asked someone who I should build a website with, they recommended this woman, Marky Costello, mm-hmm. who's this woman in LA who teaches hosting, like how to host on TV. And so I, I called and they were like, well, you have to take her boot camp. That's the only way you can have a meeting with her. So I did it. And she was like, you have, what's your brand? And I have to give her credit. Brand was not a word then. And mm-hmm. she, and I was like, what is, what do you mean my brand? And like, <laughs> I had to do this like six, six hour course with people where I had to like get up and read off a teleprompter. It was so terrifying. But anyway, oh God, after, yeah. after that, I got a meeting with her and she loved the idea. And she was like, you need to take courses with me and learn how to speak on camera so you can like build a YouTube channel and like, you know, create all these videos. So that's what I started doing. I built a website. And then, you know, at the time my thought was like, oh, I want to be a guest on TV and I want to have this like big website. But obviously as time went and I realized how much more valuable social media was mm-hmm. that just my, my career kind of took a curve in that direction. So I started building content, um, for like a few years and I'd say like while working full time as a pharmacist and after about three years when I could finally like 
make some money and make it a business, I quit pharmacy and that's where I am now. Oh, okay. I love that. Yeah. I love when people kind of fall into what they're meant to what they're meant to do, kind of. Exactly. So much better when you're doing what you love. Right. It's exactly. Unexplainable. Right. And I know you focus heavily on like food as medicine and you're really big on that. What kind uh-huh. of led you to what drew you into that essentially? So like I loved what I was learning in school, but I, I mean, I grew up eating fairly a healthy Persian culture. Like I had a big fruit plate every night. Like we have a lot mm-hmm. of veggies and like, you know, so I had a taste for healthy food, but it wasn't until my last year of college when we were on rotations and I had like a moment to breathe and me and my roommate were like, let's join a gym. And I had never, I had never joined a gym. Like I did sports in high school, but I wasn't athletic besides that. Mm -hmm. And I took my first like cardio kickboxing class. And I swear that class changed my life forever because I got such a high off of it. I thought it was so fun. It was the first time I enjoyed working out before Mm -hmm. that I hated it. So then I just was like, you know what? I want to like really work to get the body I want. And I decided to just like really give it my all. And from that point on was when I like really got into like, eating well and fitness. And of course that took like its own journey because at first I wasn't even like plant-based or necessarily like I would eat like 25 calorie cheese slices or like eat really, eat (laughs) really light. Like I thought eating really light was like what you were supposed to do. So there's definitely like ups and downs. Um, Mm -hmm. and then when I moved to LA, I was just so surrounded by this culture of like wellness and health. And like, it was like, you couldn't, I mean, that's what I, it's funny because I just moved to New York city anywhere you go in New York, like you, if you, or in LA, if you overhear a conversation, people are talking about like matcha or like a cleanse or like hiking. <laughs> yep. And I'm not even, it, that's just what people talk about. And do. Always. Yeah. Right. And then I was working in pharmacy. And I think when I wanted the career shift, I was like, okay, I can combine what I've learned in school with like my passion for actually like living well. And that's kind of how mm-hmm. I morphed it. Oh, I love that. That is, I love that so much. I'm trying to transition to the fully plant-based diet, which I, you're fully plant-based, right? I am. You know, it's funny because once in a while I do have like wild fish or like, mm. you know, if I, if I have a bite of it sometimes or if my dad cooks it for me, which I actually haven't even, I've shared it a little bit, but I know some mm-hmm. people think I'm like diehard vegan because if I post a leather bag, some people will be like, <laughs> you know, so no one really oh, yeah. knows. Um, but I always say to like, if you actually look up the definition of plant-based, mm-hmm. it does it says eating a mostly plant-based diet. So like really by definition. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I like I say to people, if you're like 80, 90%, like once in a while there's something you're adding in. But if you're not doing any dairy, if you're not doing like, you know, you're cutting out cheese, you're not doing mm-hmm. like it it's still better than nothing. I don't like the like it's all or nothing approach. I totally agree with you on that. I feel like it's really hard to cut things out completely because then you kind of have that craving and then you might Mm -hmm. end up binging on it because you didn't like let yourself have just a little bit of it. And you will end up cutting it out naturally. So when I first went plant-based, I still ate sushi all the time and I love cheese. And what literally (laughs) 80% of people that come to me are like, I can't give up cheese and sushi. I'm like, I know those are the things that everyone loves. And I just kind of like eventually started doing it. And now I swear the smell of cheese and not, not to be offensive. It's just really disgusting, but mm-hmm. I used to love it. Like cheese and wine and grapes was like my thing, mm-hmm. but I didn't force myself out of it. It was kind of like a slow roll. And even sushi, I don't really crave, like I usually will have cooked fish if anything, but mm-hmm. it's rare. It's not like I need it. Yeah. See, I feel so, like yeah. once you start 
in, uh, incorporating more of the plant-based into your life, you kind of lose those cravings. Like I know that happened you for do. me when I would, I would eat pasta nonstop, but then I slowly cut it out of my diet and I don't crave it as much. So I think that's exactly. Amazing. And yeah. you learn. And like, if you don't make it so harsh, you kind of like learn um, yeah. how to do it slowly. And then I feel like it's just not as abrupt and it yeah. feel so like I have to cut everything out. Exactly. And what do you think would be like your most basic baseline advice that you would give to someone who's kind of trying to transition into that plant-based, healthier lifestyle? I think think the most basic advice I would give is to like add things into your diet before you think about like subtracting. Mm -hmm. I mean, to really get into like a minute detail, one of the easiest things is like uh, plant-based milks. Like that's just oh, like yeah, a no brainer. Sure. I mean, yeah. Some people who are like have, I mean, there's literally nothing you can't find. You could hemp milk, walnut milk, macadamia, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like there's everything. So oh, yeah. that one, that one's really easy. I would also say it's so, so easy to bake or cook without like butter, without eggs, without like milk. I think people mm-hmm. think that things aren't going to come out as good. Just experiment with like using coconut oil instead, whether it's True. like you know, in a, making an egg out of chia seed, just like you know, one part chia seed, three parts water. So those things. And then besides that, experimenting first and adding things in so you're comfortable without like tomorrow I'm going vegan. I don't know what to eat. Yeah, <laughs> you know that. That is that's super easy, and I think it's uh, it's pretty manageable because of what's going on right now with the whole virus thing. I definitely wanted to first just dive in and ask you about how we can strengthen our immunity through food. And do you think that uh, building up our immunity through food can that be a layer of protection for this virus going around? Building your immunity, um, yeah. yeah. So it's funny. I actually asked this question. Even I did a recent interview with um, my friend's uncle who used to work for the CDC. <laughs> and he's been getting really up to date and focused. He's still in this field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, you know, whether or not eating healthy foods and building your immunity, it's not like it's going to fight a specific virus or like, you mm-hmm. know, taking echinacea, but it is going to build your immunity. Like that we know. And the stronger your immunity is, the more you can fight off or either lessen the days, lessen the severity of something that comes your way. So mm-hmm. I don't want to say like this is going to prevent getting it, but. There's so many different cases too of coronavirus. Some are super mild, some are really intense. And like, if you have a stronger immune system, you're just going to knock it out faster. Mm -hmm. Eating healthy, exercising, and like certain supplements will help. Mm -hmm. Is there any specific foods or like recipes you have that are specific to boosting your immunity? Um, fruits and vegetables in general. I love just eating, you know, yeah. Or organic fruits and veggies, like mixed greens, just like, one thing I was sharing, I wanted to share too, was like even like sprouts, if you can get your hands on it. Also, if they're frozen, that's totally fine right now. Just like mm-hmm. throw it into whatever you can. Um, I think spices are amazing. And this is such a good time to take advantage of spices because they're dry, they're accessible, they're not going to go bad. You can add mm-hmm. them to anything like add cinnamon, add turmeric, add nutmeg. Basically, every spice except for salt will give you like tons of health benefits. Oh, really? You know? wow. Yeah. Like I think people just look at spices as flavor. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, dried parsley, dried basil, like um, oregano, like I mean, look at oregano oil. People take that all the time, like, you know, whether it's for immunity, just mm-hmm. adding them in, it will give your food some flavor. You get to experiment and it will just be, I mean, you know, in Eastern medicine, they use it as actual medicine. People oh, use no herbs way. and spices. Yeah. People oh. use, okay. 
I mean, food has been used as medicine so much. And so you're just getting the dried version of it. So I would take advantage of that. Oh, I also, love Also, of course, like turmeric and ginger are huge. So if you oh, can yeah, add that into definitely. drinks. <laughs> yeah. I love a good uh, turmeric latte. They're my favorite. Oh, me too. Um, so I guess if someone wants to direct their diet towards, because I got a question I had, you saw that I had people ask me questions for you. And a lot of people yes. actually wanted to know um, what kind of foods that they can bring into their diet that will bring them more energy and a mood boost. So like, where should they start with that? Yeah. Um, so for energy, it's funny because the something that's going to give you instant energy is like a healthy fat. So oh, this okay. is, which is why people will do um, bulletproof coffee. Mm-hmm. But if you want to go the plant-based version of that, something like MCT oil, um, MCT mm-hmm. oil is almost like taking, it's like the concentrated health benefits of coconut oil. So oh, it's a little wow. more, it's okay. a little more expensive, but you use a little bit and you can put it in your tea or coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, eating avocado, like adding chia seeds, like you could do chia seeds even in your water. Um, these things are going to give you, yeah, they give you that instant burst of energy. Um, sustained energy is when you, you know, runners will eat like a high carb meal the night before a big race. That's going to be like stored energy. But in this case, if you want something to boost you in the morning, I would do that. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of mood, honestly, adaptogens are great. I always say, ask your doctor before taking them because they can, Mm -hmm possibly alter your hormones in a good way, but still. Where can you get adaptogens? Why have I heard that? I just don't know where specifically that is. Either. So basically they're just like almost like a root vegetable, like a root. I mean, they're so, but adaptogens would be something like maca, ashwagandha, um, things like that. I mean, yeah, there's so many places you can get them on Amazon. I mean, Mm -hmm. Four Sigmatic has them in their coffees. Everyone has them. That's where I've heard of it. I love Four Sigmatic. I'm living off so of Four good. Sigmatic right now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Obsessed with I it. I love it. A lot of the questions I have for you are diet because so many people are interested in that and myself included. But mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about inflammation. So mm-hmm. what are some key foods you have for that that we should be eating to reduce inflammation in the body? And then if anyone's unfamiliar with inflammation, can you kind of dive in on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I feel like to inflammation is one of those things everyone knows like it's bad, but doesn't really understand. Exactly. So there's basically we're we should be constantly trying to fight off inflammation and in, in any way we can, like it's kind of recurring in our body through different things like that can aggravate it, environmental things, like who knows what could be causing it. Food, different foods can cause it, but learning about disease state management and pharmacy school, like inflammation's like pretty much the leading cause of almost every single disease state. Wow. Like, so yeah. So it's super important to always fight. Like if you look up, like if someone has like stroke or if someone has any kind of like heart disease or, I mean, there's so many things that it's the cause of. So mm-hmm. just eating an anti-inflammatory diet is great. Um, fruits and veggies are great for anti-inflammatory. Turmeric's one of the strongest anti-inflammatories that exists. Oh, wow. Um, Okay. Yeah, it's. I will say though, the doses that you need usually are not going to be found in sprinkling on your food. Okay. Like you yeah. know, usually you need like a really high dose, but it can't hurt. It's still, you're still going to get health mm-hmm. benefit. So I mean, taking a turmeric like capsule if it's just turmeric or just really adding a lot can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, ginger is very anti-inflammatory. Um, gotcha. Omegas are really anti-inflammatory. So like think of like nuts, like walnuts are amazing. Chia seeds, almonds, like raw, things like that. Okay. 
Okay, great. These are all really easy to incorporate into your diet. People won't do grains. Like, yeah. And like, you know, if you're plant-based, like I don't like to be so restrictive. Like Mm -hmm. my rule there is kind of like, there's certain grains I like to eat. Like I like to have oatmeal. I like to have quinoa, but then Mm -hmm. where I can find a grain-free alternative where it's super seamless, I will like tortilla chips, like CFA makes amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many grain-free tortilla chips, grain-free crackers, Mm -hmm. or you can find a substitute, but like, you're not going to find a grain-free quinoa. Like I yeah, don't no. think I, cauliflower rice to me just does not do it. So, oh, like, same. I, don't, I can't do I it. I can't. I think it's disgusting. Same. <laughs> I, I tried like so hard to like it, but it just, I, I can't. Me too. So, you know, not do good. it where you can, but then just mm-hmm. eat whole grains if you're going to eat grains. Mm-hmm. And uh, how are grains bad for the body? I know that's uh, – or the gluten-free thing actually. Like is grains mm-hmm. and gluten in general just bad for the body or is it just for certain people? What's What's the whole thing with that? I mean – not all grains have gluten. So grains okay. in general, just the only bad I would say is that they, they can cause inflammation. Oh, but okay. I think that like there's so many different diets. I mean, look, people say you shouldn't have lectins, which means like no vegetable with seeds, which like oh. which technically you would which technically would mean you can't have you have to like zucchini, cucumbers, tomatoes, you can't oh. eat any of the seeds. Yeah, strawberries. So there's yeah. it's yeah, it's it's the plant paradox, I believe. Uh Dr. Mm-hmm. It's I don't I don't believe in that. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe it works for some people. So grains in general I don't think are always bad if you're having like whole grains. Mm-hmm. Gluten for the most part, if you can avoid it. Not everyone's intolerant. Not a, some people have a full allergy, which is celiac disease. Mm-hmm. Some people just have an intolerance. Um and then in general, they just don't do any good. Okay. So too much of them, if it can aggravate, like basically the lining of your stomach, it can cause something called, called leaky gut where oh. things things are leaking out of your like GI tract that shouldn't. So that can mm-hmm. cause a little more inflammation. So just in general, I would say if you can go gluten-free, it's easier. But, okay. you know, sometimes like I'll get a bread that's like organic, whole wheat, or like spelt or something or something that has, that has gluten in it. I'm not super concerned, but like Mm -hmm. only, only once in a while, like it's easy to get same thing with crackers with everything else. It's easy to go gluten-free. Yeah. It's super easy. I'm actually trying to Mm -hmm. do gluten-free right now because I heard it actually, uh, it can trigger eczema, which I have eczema. So I'm not sure about that, but yeah, absolutely. I've heard people say it can trigger their eczema or psoriasis. I mean, some people say grains can, if you have that issue, like anything that can cause inflammation Mm -hmm. can cause that, like eczema is triggered by that. But to some people, they don't react at all to it. So I think you Mm -hmm. just kind of experiment. True, true. This is such a helpful episode. I'm going to listen to this over and over again to like memorize everything. (laughs) I'm going to share it too. I think it's a good episode. Oh, yay. Okay. So now let's kind of Still diet, but but skincare. Let's talk about skincare a little bit. So I've mm-hmm. actually always been one to believe that diet and skincare go hand in hand. I know a lot of people don't believe that, but I feel like personally for me, it's super true. Uh, what foods do you think help give you a better complexion? So I think there's like different ways to look at it. Um, I think when in terms of like brightness, things mm-hmm. with high antioxidant are great. So like I love berries. Um, mm-hmm. I love cacao, like raw cacao, super high in antioxidants. Acai is high in antioxidants. So things are going to give you like a bright glow. Um, mm-hmm. You also need omegas and healthy fats for kind of like that plump softness. So mm-hmm. those are great. So like nuts and seeds and like walnuts, things like that. I love avocado. 
Um, <laughs> I always, I always notice water just makes my skin feel smoother and like look a little more plump and mm-hmm. hydrated. So I love drinking water. It's just funny because there's no like real data to show like, does it actually anti-age you versus other things? But I notice a difference when I drink water personally. You know, my skin. Same. Yeah, it'll look dry if I don't. So exactly. I like like I know a lot of people always say, oh yeah, drink this much water a day and everyone kind of rolls their eyes. But I recently went to the hospital for a kidney infection and they were God, putting right. five liters of water in me a day. And then they told me to keep drinking three liters. And honestly, my skin has never looked better. And I'm like, wow, oh, I, thought yeah. that was, I thought that was just like everyone says to drink water, but it really helps, I think. It really, really helps. And mm-hmm. then even eating foods high in water is super important for hydration. Mm-hmm. So like cucumber and watermelon are like the top two mm-hmm. foods that hydrate you. And putting chia seeds in your water and waiting five minutes, how they kind of form that gel. Mm-hmm. that's going to help you hold on to more hydration too. So if you want to do a few things eating wise, that will also help But that's also important. Like leafy greens are full of water, different things mm-hmm. like that. Oh, I love that. Okay. Now, are there any specific uh, products or even tips that you have for achieving an even skin tone? That was a big concern of a lot of people that sent in questions. I know. I mean, it depends <laughs> on if you actually have melasma. So if you don't have melasma, which some people are just like actually have, which is partly mm-hmm. genetic, partly hormonal, I have it. Um, sometimes topicals just don't really work. Mm-hmm. In general, like which will help everyone at least a little. Number one thing is like sunscreen always. Okay. Like yeah. every day, even when you're indoors, because like if the sun's coming through the windows, everything just has to be mm-hmm. your morning routine. Um, vitamin C is one of the best ingredients for brightening. Um, mm-hmm. And it's even, it works even better when it's combined with two other ingredients, which is vitamin E and ferulic acid. Oh, so, okay. When they all are together, they kind of have like a synergistic effect. Oh, wow. So, yeah, SkinCeuticals makes this product called CE Ferulic, and it's amazing, but I wish they were clean beauty. You know, I actually like look, we've been looking up all the ingredients. Some of their some of their ingredients aren't necessarily the worst, where it's like maybe one, like one where like it's limited data or something, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not one of the like clean beauty brands. Mm-hmm. Um, but those three ingredients are the best. Um, you know, hydroquinone is like the top ingredient, but a lot of people don't want to use it because there is some data toxicity with it. But oh, gotcha. I would say okay. that's, yeah. But also retinols are great. Anything that's going to resurface your skin. Mm-hmm. So like glycolic, lactic acid, retinol, like you have to kind of pick what works best in your regimen. You, mm-hmm. I wouldn't use them all. But anything yeah. that's going to yeah, resurface the, t- like the, you know, give you new skin cells is going to help your mm-hmm. coloration. Okay. So like I currently use um, the Ula Enrixin and it's the AHA. Uh, I think it's like a chemical exfoliant. Is that good for kind of resurfacing my skin and making it yeah. even? Okay. Great. So AHAs are like anything that falls in AHA, which is alpha hydroxy acid, okay. is glycolic, um, lactic acid, those are the things like, and when you see BHA, it's not as, or salicylic is also an AHA. Mm-hmm. BHAs, I think is just benzoyl peroxide. I'm, I think okay. I'm correct. Um, so most people use AHAs and you'll see different combinations of them. But whenever you see that on something, it just means it's like resurfacing. So it's always okay, going to be helpful. Perfect. I mean, you've got this healthy, healthy lifestyle going, you've been doing this for a while. What kind of motivates you to keep going with this and making it not just a phase, but a lifestyle? Honestly, like I would say there's 
numerous things. Um, one of my biggest things is I just want to feel good and like live a, like a long, healthy life, you know, like you, no one wants to like feel crappy when they age. Mm-hmm. And that's like my biggest thing that I think about where I'm like, you know, I want to always be, cause I, I have some friends, I mean, I have close friends that are 24 and close friends that are 62, you know, like I've got, <laughs> nice. I really like, it's funny. Cause like age is just a number. And like my, some of my friends that are older literally have more energy than me. Oh you know? my God. See, I want to be like, like that. <laughs> Totally. It's and like, I could hang out with, I could hang, I hang out with them like friends. Like we're like yeah. literally, you know, like, and all their friends are younger and like vibrant, energetic, same interests. And you know, if there's some, some of them for whatever reason it is, but like a lot of them were like eating super healthy and exercise and active. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to make sure I'm like that. I don't ever want to like, then I can look at like, you know, someone not necessarily like, I won't say smaller, like, you know, those people who never really like change, they kind of, they feel like they're, they're old at 28. Like in my hometown too, like before, like if the people, if you just end up staying there, it's almost like the culture of it where it's like, once you're like 25, 26, you're like old. Yeah. Like that's what I used to think when I was in high school there. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, in like in bigger cities, you're like young at 45 and like Mm -hmm. 50. So I don't know. I think um, that's a huge motivator for me. And then like, just to be completely real, I just want to look good too. Honestly, you know? same. That's, that's my motivation for it. Look and feel I'm good. I'm like, yeah, look and feel good. Like I want my skin to look good. I want to mm-hmm. be in good shape. Like, I think that if it's just looks, that's where it gets tricky because mm-hmm. you know, then it's like, you feel so deprived and it feels extra like chore. But when you also like genuinely want to feel good for a long time, you make better long-term decisions versus short-term ones. Where like, am I going to eat this like hundred calorie pack cookies because I want to be really skinny? Or am I going to eat like this avocado with a little brown rice, even mm-hmm. though it's like heavier, but like this is going to be way better for me. Yeah. It's all and about the long-term how- goals. Exactly. Of the short-term pleasure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And the last question I have for you, because I am a hoe for morning routines, obviously. So I kind of <laughs> want you to give me the breakdown of your morning routine. Like, can you walk us through what a typical morning routine is for you? Yeah. To be honest, my morning routine in New York has been so up and down because I'm still kind of <laughs> getting my groove here. And then as soon yeah. as I was starting to get my groove here, like this happened with it, yeah. what's going on in the world. So I would say my morning routine, um, I like to, which is I'd say 60% of the time meditate in bed. That doesn't always happen, but I like to just get it over, like not get it over with, but I just feel like it's easier to do it right while I'm in bed. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I will get up. I always make like either hot water or tea or coffee first and like we'll snack on some berries while I like make breakfast. And then usually what I want to do is like get ready, but I'll end up while I'm eating breakfast, like kind of going through emails. And then I end up Mm -hmm. just sitting there for like an hour and get into work. So then, I'll, <laughs> so then I'll stop and get ready. That's yep. the true morning routine. What right. I would like it to be is to always wake up, meditate, eat breakfast, not be on my phone, shower, get ready, and then like start my day. Honestly, same. But, I feel like we're all striving to get the perfect morning routine, but it just doesn't happen every day. It just doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. It also depends. And like I've also changed a little bit where it used to be like I have to be up at 7 or 6.30. I have to. Mm-hmm. We're like now if I go to bed later, I'm – I know how important sleep is. Oh like, yeah, for sure. For both reasons we just talked about, like living better and looking better. So yep. <laughs> I'll, you know what I mean? So I'll sleep in a little more if I don't get at least seven or eight hours and mm-hmm. I'll start that way. <laughs> but yeah, I do always have water in the morning. 
Oh yeah, for exactly. sure. I like chug water in the morning because like you get yep. super dehydrated throughout the night. I totally and like yeah, yeah. I have, always make sure it's room temperature. I never have cold water or anything cold in the morning. Um, Why? Well, not wrong with it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with it, but your body definitely reacts better to like something warm in oh, general. Okay. Cold can be a little shocking to your body. So especially mm-hmm. in the morning, I would recommend either warm or room temperature or hot, like one of those. Mm-hmm. So like hot water with lemon? Yeah. I don't, okay. I, I, re- I really don't like warm water. I can eat a lemon like an orange. I put lemon oh on God. everything, but I don't <laughs> yeah. like it in water. So I'm, Oh my I'm God, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. I just don't like how it tastes in water, but I'll usually do like a warm water, just like a room glass of like room mm-hmm. temperature water. I've been even putting okay. a little sea salt in it to hydrate. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's like, I love this. I'm going to get so many tips from this. I'm going to re-listen yeah. to it. But yeah, um, that is everything that I have for you. But before we go, just pimp yourself out, give everyone where they can find you and I'll link all your stuff in the show notes. Sure. I mean, I'm easy across the board. I'm Dr. Mona Vand, D-R-M-O-N-A-V-A-N-D. I'm actually um, – way more focused on TikTok lately. I've been doing it. Oh my God, no way. (laughs) Yeah. I post like two videos a day on TikTok and it's, it's a little more like, you know, quick, all the videos Mm -hmm. are like 15 to 60 seconds. So that's kind of fun. So you can follow me on there. Yeah. Okay, great. I will have everything linked and it was so fun chatting with you. Thanks for taking the time to be on the episode or the show. Yeah, thank you so much. That was today's episode with Dr. Mona Vand. Again, I will have all of her links in the show notes below. This episode, I think, is very useful. There's so much useful information from Mona in here, and I did focus heavily on diet because I also got a lot of questions from you guys to ask her about diet, and I also wanted to know that as well because she is a pharmacist. She's been to med school. She is a doctor, but she also focuses on food as medicine, which is so important, and I really wanted to just get her information on diet and food as medicine and food for your skin and all kinds of stuff and ways to build your immunity. I think this episode is really great. I hope you guys enjoy it. And if you guys have any recommendations of who you want next on the podcast, let me know on the podcast Instagram, Honey Soleil Podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it again. And if you did, please be sure to leave me a review on iTunes. I really appreciate when you guys do that. It makes my day. It helps me grow on the podcast. And yeah, I will see you guys next Tuesday. Bye.